0: Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger.
1: Just when you think things can't get any worse, the Nashville Predators come to town.
0: Yeah, nothing like looking for a little bit of confidence and we have to play Nashville. And it goes exactly the way we all thought or wished it wouldn't.
1: Right when Red Wings fans are all at the point of, okay, we've accepted this season will be bad, and that's fine, that's probably a good thing in the long run, but could you keep the games competitive? The Red Wings heard this, and then lost 6-1. It's
0: always very interesting to watch when you can tell a bad team can't keep up anymore. And the Red Wings showed that in spades.
1: It looked like they didn't even want to keep up.
0: They couldn't. <laughs> even if they could will themselves to stay in
1: that game, I don't think they could have. All the heart in the world wasn't wasn't saving that game. No, there was.
0: Yeah. But, what do you? What do we even say? Really, that hasn't been said already online and in everyone's minds. Oh, well, we got about thirty minutes worth
1: of things to say <laughs> okay. on <that> this episode. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. We are, uh, we've made it this far without Ryan.
0: Yep, we're without our geriatric one more episode, I think. (laughs) Maybe two, I don't even remember.
1: We've had to do all the works ourselves, and I'd like to point out, the last episode got posted without a flaw. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We are a well-oiled machine at this point. We're wrapping up now because I don't want to risk screwing this up, so we'll see you next week. No, I'm kidding. Um. Before we get into our, what I'm sure is just going to be a 30-minute uh, bout of ugly crying, screaming, rage fits, and then acceptance, uh, I should mention that this episode of the wheel Podcast is brought to you by Labatt. Celebrate with the Labatt Blue and the Detroit Red Wings all season long. Find your specially designed cases of Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light at your local retailer to hashtag on with Labat Blue. Selly on with Labatt Blue because you got to sellie with someone. Keep your eyes peeled for limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light team cans. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings. This is how you know they're a good company. They're willing to do that right now.
0: Yeah, God bless them.
1: God bless Labatt Blue getting us through this season one can at a time. I wonder, uh, speaking of cans, how many cans of garbage do you think Jeff Blashill has punted across the dressing room, Letterkenny style, so far this season?
0: At least one per period.
1: <laughs> Every intermission.
0: <sighs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I honestly don't even know what to say
1: right now. So, and this is the thing. I I sent out a a, a, just a straight-up rage tweet uh, during the second intermission of the game against Nashville, basically just calling out every aspect of this team. They're bad. They look like they don't care. They look disorganized. They look just, I don't even know what the word is, just confused at all moments of the game of hockey. And... They don't even seem to be phased by it other than Dylan Larkin, but we'll get into him in a minute. We can't even say we're a team because we're not. We weren't in that game, at least. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Sean McIndoe, when he does his weekly power... Or no, it wasn't Sean. It was Pete, Pete Blackburn, friend of the podcast still. He did his power rankings this week. He had uh, the Ottawa Senators at 30. Was there the
0: void of space between us and Ottawa?
1: He basically said it would take a 1980 miracle level to get the Ottawa Senators out of the basement of the NHL this year. Enter the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, you're welcome. We have given you that team. We are currently tied with the Ottawa Senators for dead last in the NHL with nine points.
0: And they have two games in hand.
1: They have two games in hand.
0: Which doesn't mean that
1: they will get points, but... They're likely to lose them. They could get one point. My favorite part is, though, when I was looking at this, and we have a graphic ready for the Red Wings game to go tonight. The Red Wings have played 16 games so far. The New York Rangers have only played 12. There's only two games on the schedule, and the Red Wings play one of them. By the end of tonight, the Detroit Red Wings will once again lead the league in games played.
0: Oh, at least we can, at least we can <laughs> hang our hat on one thing.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask you just a, a generic point-blank question. And then we'll just kind of take the conversation from there because, like you mentioned earlier, where do you even start with this team right now? Outside of talent, because we know that, what is this team's biggest problem right now? Because they are not even competitive. There's a hundred reasons they're not good. But what is the number one thing after talent? Because they lacked talent last year and they had the most one goal games in the NHL. We're coming off three straight blowouts now.
0: Yeah, you're basically saying what I'm thinking and that's compete compete level. They have no compete level. And that if you don't have talent you got to at least work harder than the other team.
1: Even the grinders don't seem to have that compete going right now. I They walk- seem
0: to be some of the ones who have the least amount, which is the opposite of their role
1: because they know what their contracts they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not I'm just kidding that's probably not the reason but it might be. I do want to talk about compete because there's one Red Wing who's very obviously competing very hard. Shift in, shift out, night in, night out, and that's Dylan Larkin. Yes. Uh, He has arguably one of the, if not the highest compete level in the entire NHL, so this is just killing him inside. Which was evident after suffering a headshot from Ryan Ellis, he decided to take matters into his own hand and try beating Ryan Ellis into oblivion. Your, Your team's best player should never be doing that. Ever. I don't care how much you're losing by it. There's a reason Anthony Mantha's missed, what, 30 games over the last two years? Because he kept breaking his hand in fights? Larkin should never do this. Someone needs to step in the second that he gets hit in the head.
0: I don't even think there was the opportunity for that to happen.
1: That's fair. Larkin didn't give much opportunity. But it's a good indication of his level of frustration. And when you go back and watch the replay, I thought initially... This was just Larkin being frustrated he got hit here's his chance go you watch the replay that that's was- one
0: of, this is one of those sneaky plays that happen all the time in the NHL um, that a lot of like you can't pick up on TV and it's very quick and like, you miss those things all the time but it happens routinely in the NHL um, and I think it was
1: just the perfect storm for Larkin to blow up but when you watch the replays after that was a dirty hit he got hit square in the head.
0: Oh, yeah. Stuff like that happens all the time, like little quick shots
1: like like that. And here's the ultimate indication of where this team is at mentally. Now, I know Larkin had the fight. It wasn't much of a fight, if we're being honest. Yeah. It was a fight, but it wasn't much of one. I'm sure all the teammates saw the replay after, heard what happened. The fact that when Ryan Ellis came back into the game in the third period and nobody did anything, nobody cared, nobody grabbed one of Nashville's best players... That's that that says a lot about this team right or oh. not. And, and let me be clear here, I'm not one of these guys who's pro fighting pro retribution. That's not my thing. I hate it, but it's you gotta oh. stand up for your teammates. Exactly. It's common in the NHL that when one of your best guys has liberties taken on him, Someone's answering the bell, and it doesn't. And Larkin isn't the guy that needs to be delivering that message. An Abdulkader, a Helm. Uh, I, I really don't care who. Someone needs to step up on Ellis in the third period. If Ellis refuses to fight, that's one thing. You grab another player.
0: You but just run somebody. Unfortunately, <laughs> it
1: it should never happen, but it happens. It, it happens. all self policing
0: happens in many different
1: ways. When you're if this is a 1 1 game or a 2 1 game, everything I'm saying I throw out the window because the game's more important. You're down 6 1. Yeah, you're down. You have nothing to lose this game so because I, the game's already lost.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, it, there's always you always got to hope that the guy on your side picking the fight is going to win it because if we all went after someone and lost that fight a bit. There's nothing else to care about tonight. Just it, turn the game
1: off. I don't even think it's I don't even think the results of the fight matter. It's just the this is the level of the uh, earmuffs children, the level of give a shit on this team. And there isn't any. There's none. And it's not just <laughs> I just thought of this as you were talking. It's not even just that Ryan Ellis threw that hit. I forget if it was last year or the year before, but Ryan Ellis is the same guy that elbowed Dylan, Darren Helm in the face and then hit him from behind into the boards uh, in a game a couple of years ago. Well, then. So he's always had issues with the Red Wings. Why does nobody care? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And again, this is Dora,
0: We were, we were, we saw we <sighs> the the team saw this and they solved all of our
1: problems, Brad. This might actually be why Dylan McCarth has been recalled. I'm guaranteeing you it is.
0: Well, I guess they put Trevor Daly on IR. IR,
1: but they could have called up anybody. That's true. They could have called up. Sorry, RV. They could have given Cider his look now, which wasn't going to happen, but they could have. They could have brought Kasky back up. I don't think it's a coincidence that it was McElrath.
0: McElrath is big and tough, and we have none of that.
1: The only defenseman on the Griffins that I I could have said with some certainty wasn't going to be that recall was Cider. Yeah. Because they've made it very clear they want the young guys to stay in Grand Rapids, develop and stay away from this mess. And I'll keep repeating it until it's the end of the season, near the end of the season. I still agree with this. Yep. But yeah, it was, it was hard to watch. Not, again, the fact that this is coming from me probably should tell you more because I'm the, <laughs> I'm the anti-fighting guy. Oh, uh, okay. I'm the guy, I don't like state fights. I'm probably fights, on the other, I'm probably yeah. on
0: the other side of I
1: hate it. But that whole third period, I was waiting for it. Just, I was waiting for it and it never, nothing happened. I'm not saying you got to, and if Ellis turns down the fight as he should, because his team's up 6-1. Yeah. I'm not saying you go out there and like wait for Philip Forsberg to come through the neutral zone with his head down, but at least you try, show show your future captain that you give a crap.
0: You got to pick, that moments present themselves and you pick your moments to, for the lack of a better term, seek retribution. Yeah. Um, it and it's funny that this happens now because we this is a very strange parallel to the Leafs. They have almost the exact same problem,
1: except they have all the talent in the world.
0: It, yeah, except they have the talent. They just have nobody who sticks up for anybody. Like when Austin Matthews got headshot the other night, by and Brendan uh, Dillon. I think it was uh, Kerfoot got run over. Maybe it was Kerfoot? yeah. Kerfoot got run over and by Jeff Carter. last Nobody night. was any. Nobody did any self policing, so it's funny that we kind of.
1: But in that, have... c- it's a different scenario though, because that L.A. Toronto game last night was close right up to the last whistle. That was a two goal game, one goal. I think the Leafs were tied when he got hit, and I think they, w- no, they were losing. I think when that happened, so they couldn't afford a PK. So
0: no, wasn't it against San Jose that when night?
1: Matthews or Kerfoot? I'm talking about Kerfoot last night. Just oh, I didn't that, see I last... saw a good chunk of that. I didn't game. See but... last night. Yeah, but. It was a close game. You don't want to risk the PK there, and let's be honest, it's the Leafs. Kerfoot scored like ten minutes later. Yeah, they have the ability to do that. Yeah, right. yeah. isn't going to do it. Oh, I just so. Not only we don't have any talent, we don't
0: have any compete, and we don't have any any sort of sandpaper
1: type play. Noticeable sand type sandpaper type play. So no talent, no compete. Okay, uh, goaltending was bad. On Monday, the Red Wings yep. should have lost 6-1. Uh, maybe not. Jimmy should have had, at a bare minimum, two of the ones that went in. Yep. You could make an argument he should have had three or four of them. Um, the defense looked porous. The systems continue to be unfaithful. If the Red Wings do that, that full ice chip and chase, or whatever you want to call it, I'm going to shoot we don't have, myself. We
0: don't have the speed or talent to...
1: No, Retrieve the puck. I get that, but if you're coming through the neutral zone with the puck with speed, let's say you're Darren Helm, okay? You know he's not dangling anybody, and that's fine. That's who Darren Helm is, but he skates really fast. So if he's coming on the defenseman with momentum, knowing fully well he's not going to burn that defenseman, if he wants to put the puck in the corner behind him and try and win that race, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. I don't think a guy like Anthony Manther, Dylan Larkin should ever be doing that, but for a guy like that, I'm all for it. What I hate, the Red Wings have a set game plan and I've been yelling about this for 4 damn years now. Defenseman has it in their own zone. A winger will be standing still, oh, not yeah. moving at the far blue line. That defenseman just claps, full on slap shot to him. He tips it, puck goes into the zone and do you know what happens? The opposing team gets the break win uh, oh, yeah. gets the breakout and comes in clean. We've
0: been doing that forever.
1: Because a chip and chase only works if you're moving. We can't even dump and chase the puck right at this point. Yeah. So no talent, no compete, bad systems. Special teams, also terrible. Yes. Now I'm going to follow up to the...
0: One of those things kind of leads into the other. If you don't have the talent to execute strategy and systems, how could you have a good power play?
1: I would argue the penalty kill should be better at least
0: because you just need warm bodies to get in front of the net for them, or in front of the shots
1: and through the lanes. You just need guys with good positioning and at least half decent speed and you can have a good penalty kill. And yeah. they don't. So, <laughs> all that being said leads to the uh the final question. What's going right for this team right now? We're a team? Are we though? No. <laughs>
0: I I honestly don't
1: know. There isn't anything right we now. We have
0: some promising prospects, but that does not help the current view of the team. That's I think, a
1: future lens. I think Sider extended his point streak today. Excellent. Uh, which we forgot to mention off the top. We're, again, just due to time restrictions and it being a late start, we're recording before the game against the Rangers tonight. So by the time you guys are all listening to this, that game will be over. So I don't know. Maybe they win 9-1 and this entire episode. Sounds like a couple of idiot- angry idiots yelling at a cloud from the porch, I mean that- but...
0: Recent events doesn't forgive past events either.
1: Three straight blowouts at time of recording. So we've talked about this the last two episodes and even I'm getting sick of talking about it. I'm, that
0: st- I'm so sick of it. And that it's gonna
1: whole be... conversation. It's, it's leads... the first week of November, Brad. <laughs> we've been in a one month. That whole conversation leads to this question again. If the Red Wings lose tonight to the Rangers, again in convincing fashion, Is this it for Blashill?
0: You know what? I I honestly don't even know. I would... You would think so. This is a historically bad start uh, for a team. If there is no compete tonight, I don't even care if we win or lose. If there's no compete, then I would say you you would think...
1: Because when a coach loses the room, you don't come back from that. That's the reality of it.
0: And I think when you witness a lack of compete, that's definitely a symptom of losing the room. Um, and I'm completely okay with Dan Bilesma just being the interim head coach for, at this point because what are we doing? And what that, we're doing right now is clearly not working. Anything Jeff Blashill does is just grasping at straws and has no effective measure. Um, it, that's that's all I can think of. This, unless Je- unless Jeff Blashell is the greatest human being that we just don't understand. That's the only thing I can think of. That's that's the only reason. People really like Jeff Blashville as a person. And in the hockey world, he's well-respected. I, I just don't know, Brad. I just don't know. This is the wrong situation for him to be in.
1: This is a terrible situation for him to be in. And I feel all the sympathy in the world for him. But the reason I, I asked all the questions at the beginning of the episode, like I did, leads up to this point. If you're ever going to do it, now's the time because quite literally it can't get any worse
0: I am off the top of my head I'm trying to think of a scenario where I'm like yeah this is the bottom now but I can't no there's a, a worse bottom we get an injury to Tyler Bertuzzi Anthony Manther, Dylan Larkin That then we get to the bottom because then we're losing at
1: least some players we find interesting to watch imagine what this team would look like without one of them. Let alone two of them.
0: It would be I, it honestly would be unwatchable.
1: Dude, they are, they're a low event team too. Blashill, yeah. at least the one thing Blashill understands is that he's got to play ultra conservative. I I don't like this. It makes for boring hockey, but I absolutely see where his train of thought is on this. He has to play ultra conservative hockey because he knows if this gets into a running gun, they're just going oh, to get killed. They're going to get killed. But the downside of that is not only are the Road Wings bad, they're boring. We can't. It's low the, event when hockey. When the
0: scoring chances happen, we don't have enough players who can execute to to, to score.
1: They don't. And Eisenman can't take uh, can't be completely absolved of this. He hasn't done a lot yet, admittedly. And but his gambles to give up picks and a prospect to bring in Adam Ernie and Brendan Perlini, who have combined for zero points. Oh, sorry. I think Adam Ernie finally got his first assist on the weekend.
0: Yeah, the Adam Ernie one is not looking good, but you know it Perlini, was almost to yeah. be expected. The Perlini one might take a little longer than we think. He's he's got nobody around him. Uh, yeah, they got him on the- into a new team that's on fire in the worst way. Not a good fire, a bad fire. Um, you know what is success for Brandon Pierlini this year? There's I don't even care I would hope 15 goals If I'm being honest That's gonna be pretty high In this de- scoring chart this year I think
1: 15 goals If if Perlini can get 15 goals this year I legitimately think he finishes fifth Oh yeah I don't And I don't think there'd be anybody Like I'm at the point With the way things are going right now Let's assume Athanasiu gets it together Cause he finally scored Yep That was fun Yep uh, All three of the guys on the top line Do their thing if Perlini doesn't catch on, there's a very real possibility that only four Red Wings finish above ten goals.
0: Yeah, that's not good.
1: But we I do want to talk about positives because this has been a very bleak start to the episode.
0: Bleak start to the season.
1: Yeah. Well, no, the first few games were alright. First one was good. More cider Good. Very good.
0: But the, Once again, that falls without outside the scope of the Detroit Red Wings.
1: I haven't uh, actually pulled up the stats to look since the, they had the daytime game today. I think he's at 7 assists in 12 games with Grand Rapids as an 18-year-old defenseman playing on North American ice for the first time.
0: Playing away from, all intents and purposes, away from home yep. for the
1: first time. So he, That's real good. And then when you couple the fact that he's uh, more of a defensive defenseman, seven points in 12 games is just gravy. Because uh, yes. by all accounts, defensively, he's been a rock. Uh, I was actually watching uh, A. Wood put up um, uh, Griffin's highlight video for the first uh, m- first month of the season. Yep. There were a number of cider hits in there. Excellent. He trucks guys. And my favorite part is there was more than a few where guys went to go run him. The reverse... And they just bounce off of him. I'm a big fan of those. He is a tank. I am coming closer and close. I'm not there fully there, but I'm coming closer and closer and closer to admitting that maybe he was the right pick at six. I'm not only time will tell. I'm for not sure. there yet, but until damn- he has
0: an extended period in the NHL, I will definitely err on the side of caution as well. No, it's it's
1: true. We're look never, at Timo
0: Polkinen. We couldn't have been more excited for him to, to realize his potential in the NHL, and that never happened. Although Moritz Cider has a completely different skill set and, and different builds and style of hockey, so <laughs> and we, I, I, I you know, I hesitate to make that comparison.
1: And we picked Cider sixth overall. We picked Polkinen in like the fourth round. Yeah, off so, some beer league expectations Finland. were a little different there. But so cider continues to be good. Valeno and Zadina are still leaving us wanting a little bit. Zadina
0: will forever leave us wanting a little bit more until he puts up like thirty, forty goals in the NHL. I
1: forget who it was. Someone was posting Kucherov stats today. How about how long it really took him to get get going? And I just want to say thank you. That made me feel so much better.
0: <clears throat> Everybody's got a different path to the NHL. Not everybody. I would say very, very small percentage of uh, prospects make the nhl and then a very small percentage um find immediate success in the nhl so everybody's just gung-ho about philip zadina filling nets and and uh all that um it's just just takes time just takes time but I, i think maybe he will forever have
1: will never hit the expectations we want for him which is unfair so to keep the positive vibes rolling Friend of the podcast, Scott Wheeler, posted his uh, first draft rankings of the season.
0: Well, I'm only interested in the top five and and then 30 to 35. (laughs) And
1: we're, we're only talking about top five because this is a very strong draft. And this is the ultimate positive of the season. If the Red Wings finish dead last, they can pick no worse than fourth. And I can tell you, and Scott's article on The Athletic agrees, the top four in this draft is ridiculous.
0: I know f- for a fact the top two
1: are ridiculous. Depends if—I—so we'll talk about this. So We'll get into it. So ranked number one, he has Alexi Lafreniere.
0: Yeah, he's putting up God-tier
1: numbers in the queue right now. It is unreal. I think he was hovering close to three points a game for a bit there. I think he might still be. I know he's well over That two. is
0: absurd. I know the... Even in, in the queue is very much a, a points night type league— But even three points per game is absurd. It's... man.
1: Alexi Lafreniere is Sidney crosby light. Nobody... There's not many players that will ever be Sidney Crosby, and Lafreniere will not be Sidney Crosby. But that type of player, there's not a lot of flash to his game, although he's capable of the flash he plays, but he doesn't tend to do them because he doesn't need to do them because he's making the right play. But he's good at everything.
0: Yes, and that is exactly what the Red Wings need.
1: He's a winger. Not ideal. But
0: oh yeah, I'm gonna really lose sleep if we draft him.
1: Uh, there's a kid in the USHL who's a projected second round pick, and I think his name's Alex Laferriere.
0: We I can't do that. We, we need. Can, I both. can have one or none.
1: <laughs> we need both. We absolutely need both. Okay, and then Scott. Um, before I get into the rest of them, I actually do want to point out this is why this is good news for Red Wings fans. Scott has this thing where he ranks everybody into tiers. So these guys are grouped similarly. These guys are grouped similarly, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. We even do it a lot when we're describing that. He's got Lafreniere in his own tier. Then he's got three players in his next tier. So as long as you finish dead last, you're getting that top tier. And then five through 12, he says they're all, is the second tier. We're not getting a bad player no matter what.
0: We're also assuming we finish... In, with Within drafting of those positions this year.
1: Yeah. Um, the bad news for Red Wings fans is three of the top four are wingers, where we need a center more. But we also need a winger because we can't have Darren Helm in the top six. But that brings me to number two, the only center in the top four, Quinton Byfield.
0: He, If we can't have Lafreniere, Quinton Byfield is exactly
1: what the Red Wings need. What, big, fast, skilled playmaker can score still as well? Yes. Doesn't have the hockey IQ Imagine that Lafreniere does, but he's still. We draft
0: him, but then also Brendan Perlini finds his game, and we have Anthony Mantha. That is an
1: absurd. That would be an absurd line. That'd be the fastest line in the league where everybody's like north of six foot three. That's a twenty.
0: Foot, <laughs> we'll just call them the twenty-five foot line because that's how tall they are, stacked on top of each other. Oh my
1: god! But um, Byfield size is one of the things that is often brought up about Byfield, which is fair. He's like two hundred. Almost 220 pounds at 17 years old, and he's a late birthday. He will not be 18 years old until after he is drafted. Yep. He is a physical freak, but i I feel like he gets pigeonholed because he is ridiculously skilled. He's also very quick with his skill set. If he was five foot eleven, he's probably still a top ten pick. Yeah, which is just fascinating because. Yeah. Normally, I'm I'm the type of guy. And I've mentioned this before. I get really nervous when big air quotations power forwards get ranked in the top ten because in junior hockey, especially, it's very it's easy the Eric to be,
0: Lindros syndrome.
1: Yeah, it's very easy to be good when you can just overpower everybody. Like Lawson yeah. Kraus went tenth overall once upon a time for that exact reason. Yeah, that is not Quentin Byfield.
0: I mean, he does overpower oh, everyone, yeah. but he has the the skills to back it up
1: and the vision too. He's not a one-trick pony, and that's the that's the super exciting part about Byfield.
0: And when I watched him play, that was the one thing that I really... I wasn't blown away by his game. I think he may have had an off game uh, when they played Kitchener, but he just does a lot of things right, and he kind of plays... He's willing to score in any type of matter or get points in any type of matter, and I think that's invaluable at any level of hockey.
1: When uh, comparables get brought up, for Byfield, I hear Evgeny Malkin a lot. And I see it. Yeah. I, yeah, say, I, mean, I don't think he'll ever be as good as Evgeny Malkin, but well, if he can get even close... He'd be like
0: the top 150th best player in the He'd NHL. be the
1: 101st best player in yeah. NHL history. Yeah, <laughs> That joke will never die. Okay, no, I see those comparisons as well. Now, most people you talk to in almost every scouting ranking I've seen outside of Scott so far has Byfield in a tier above everybody else as well. I'm going to s- disagree with that because the guy that Scott has at number three here, Lucas Raymond, I think is right there. I think it's not quite a coin flip. Where does he play? S- Sweden in the for for London in the SHL.
0: Okay, so that that's so his, very good. That's his,
1: interesting. His numbers obviously don't pop at you because he's playing as a 17 year old at like five. I think he's five foot ten mm-hmm. against full size men. He's still doing well. It's the when you've watched him play against his peers, he dummies everybody in these tournaments he's Canadian Swedish
0: well that's confusing
1: Luke oh, dude. we'll
0: trade you Michael Rasmussen
1: if if a Swede named Lucas Raymond confuses you just wait till the Finn Brad Lambert comes up in two years
0: Uh this globalization is really throwing me <laughs> off
1: <laughs> dude my son's got a Swedish name come on true people are gonna be confused by that too it's my yeah my son's got a Swedish first name with a Ukrainian last name we're gonna throw everybody off But Lucas Raymond is, again, player comparisons are the easiest way. He's Mitch Marner.
0: Okay. I'm okay with
1: that. I would like one Mitch Marner. I would like very much like that. Raymond is jack of all trades, not physically dominant, good skater. His north-south speed isn't going to blow people away, but much like Marner, his lateral skating is exceptional. His hockey IQ is off the charts. His playmaking is off the charts. And for a dude his size, he's got a hell of a shot.
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: And then number four behind him is his running mate for the last few years, Alex Holtz. Now, Holtz is your shooter. This guy scores goals. He's built to do one thing. He scores goals. Again, I feel like Holtz has been unfairly pigeonholed into that model. Because he's actually, unlike a guy like Patrick Laine, Holtz actually has a decently rounded game. Not like any of the guys above him. But he's not incompetent everywhere else on the ice he's he's a good playmaker he can skate well he can make things happen but it's his shot that's going to get him to the nhl
0: so is he a number four that's much is the gap between four and five closer or is it still very far apart
1: i would say i I mean i don't know how to compare this there's i agree with scott in that there's a gap there and i think it's a pretty decent gap okay i don't because he's got five through ten just for Per uh for listener's sake. He's got Cole Perfetti, Jamie Dry- Drysdale, Anton Lindell, Marco Rossi, Tim Stutzel, and Hendrix Lapierre. I don't think I'm I'm considering any of those guys above Holtz in my rankings okay. at the moment. So well,
0: we're fi- gonna we're gonna finish dead last pick sixth.
1: <laughs> Somehow we'll trade back. Yeah. And then uh Tim Stutzel uh is German.
0: Oh, okay. I can so get that
1: one. We will we will trade back to target him or we'll just pick him at pick two when yes. we land there. Uh, but yeah, so there's our optimism. We, we're not going to get into too much on like the actual breakdowns of these players and their games yet because it's November. And if I'm being honest, we're going to need content when the season goes really off the rails later.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are effectively one month into the NHL season. We're already talking about... The, next, the draft
1: But I wanted to talk about these four specifically Because it is such a rough patch <laughs> for Red Wings fans We we have to remember There's a light at the end of the tunnel It's good
0: and, to get players like that on people's radar
1: And this is a good draft to be bad I I, yeah. I gotta repeat that Over and over It's a very good draft to be bad Yeah. So there is your light What else did we want to talk about I had a list here I didn't do it Oh yeah your, your, your pet topic for the day What was it Evander Kane
0: That guy should stay thousands of miles away from Las Vegas at all times.
1: Just imagine how stress-free and easygoing his NHL career would be if he never stepped foot in that city. No Ryan Reeves, no gambling debts. Remember when
0: he uh, did the the phone call with the big stack
1: of money? The money phone in Vegas during the lockout.
0: Yeah, and now he's not repaying his debts to... To casinos when they let him bet on essentially what is credit up to $500,000.
1: So, I Evan, you know the story better than I do, so fill the
0: listeners. Yeah, in. so basically, how it works is if some casinos, not all in Vegas, um, some will allow specific people to essentially bet with credit. So, since he is a professional athlete, his contract is public. They know what he's earning and what his earning potential is locked into for X number of years, which is, what, seven years at 50 million bucks. They will allow people like that to basically take credit from the casino to bet rather than having to pull out money and, and bring it to a casino. Um, and when they call those markers. I don't understand why, but that's what it is. Um, and... He has debts of upwards of $500,000 to one casino. Um, and they differ in $5,000, uh, $20,000, $100,000. It all adds up to five hundred dollars But the funny thing is, is this occurs while they were in, uh, San Jose was in the playoffs against Las Vegas, that these bets occurred. So that's another bad look. Not only does he owe a casino half a million bucks... The timing of which those bets took place is right smack dab in the middle of a playoff series. And Ryan Reeves now knows that this is public information.
1: (laughs) Oh, I would pay all of Evander Kane's gambling debts if the next time Vegas plays San Jose, we, we keep a live mic on Ryan Reeves the entire game.
0: Man, we need Ryan Reeves on Twitter or posting on Instagram of him in a casino
1: with 500K immediately. I need a Ryan Reeves money phone now. I, I needed if it he yesterday. Did, if,
0: yeah, if he did it, that would, quote unquote, break the internet. It would be amazing. And everyone would, I would, I would die. But now the fact that I've thought about it, it would be less funny, but it would still be really funny.
1: Is it? Is it really that big a deal though that this was going on during the playoffs? Allegedly, oh, the, the old hockey
0: minds will definitely think that's a big deal.
1: I don't care about the old hockey minds though, because you got to think in most playoff series you have off days. Sometimes you even have two two days off between games. You're not just gonna sit in your hotel room and especially watch TV. in Vegas. Especially in Vegas, like gambling's not. If you have that kind of money, it's not an overly stressful venture. You go to no. the table, have some fun, kill some time. Is that really that big a deal? Now, he's, now half a million is a whole another thing. It's but.
0: one thing to place those bets on an off day. It's another thing to place those bets at two in the morning, the day before a game, or I guess the morning of a game. Were they? I I don't know. Yeah. The, the detail those details weren't provided. Okay, I was gonna say um, that. Yeah, that So that, that changes that the story dramatically. What when those bets were placed it uh, doesn't say
1: like because i'm i'm a big fan of craps and blackjack i'm poor so i barely ever play but uh when i do go down man it's fun I c- if i had a game on like friday night at 7 p.m and we had an off day in vegas on thursday i'd be down there for the afternoon oh, killing yeah. a couple of Context hours.
0: is important and of course they left that out of those details so it's hard to speculate the entire circumstances but <laughs> Once again, another bad look for Evander Kane in Las Vegas.
1: We always want to give the players the benefit of the doubt, but man, is Evander Kane making it hard for us at this point. If it was
0: anybody else, I don't even think this would
1: be a story. No, it would not be much of one, but man, you had to do the money phone, did you?
0: It's it's his own fault. It's his own fault. But yes, I really hope this rekindles the Ryan Reeves-Evander Kane drama. I, I better. Okay. I need more of it.
1: Here's what I need in my life, more above everything else. The next game when uh, Vegas plays San Jose and they skate out for warmups, I want Ryan Reeves' warm up jersey. I want his jersey number to be five hundred thousand, and I want the name of the casino to be his name bar. Please, uh,
0: li- literally anything. I will take anything to continue this this uh, this drama.
1: Speaking of players who have no longer earned the benefit of the doubt. We speculated last episode as to what would happen to Milan Lucic for sucker punching Cole Sherwood in the face. Two-game suspension.
0: I think it was one plus track record
1: <laughs> equals two. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. You said, I missed this entirely, but you said he went out and defended his actions?
0: Yeah, I, uh, somebody tweeted out the entire quote, and then I could only find some of it again um, in an article. And he basically said, like, the suspension will never change his uh, his willingness to stand up for
1: his teammates. Uh, oh, come on.
0: And uh, and he, he did touch on the fact that, uh, what was his name?
1: Cole Sherwood? Cole Sherwood. Dude, he played uh, for Kitchener, like, last year.
0: Yeah, but I forget those Two years things. ago. That was a long time ago in my life. Um, <laughs> he basically said, like, you know, if you're going to, you know slasher goalie or like take extra liberties you have to be ready to for those outcomes he, he essentially said that i'm paraphrasing it completely and probably incorrectly um but yeah milan lucic doubled on, on suspension won't change his willingness to stand up for his teammates and cole Sherwood should have defended himself and he just got dummied
1: okay so here's the crazy thing i'm actually going to agree with milan lucic here A little bit.
0: You continue. I'll see if I can find... A
1: little bit. So, if a guy comes in and slashes your goalie, much like we were talking about how Ryan Ellis took liberties with Dylan Larkin last game, if a guy comes in and takes a shot at your goalie, someone absolutely needs to step in. But let me explain to you, Milan, what the difference between pushing a guy, shoving a guy, asking him to fight is, versus soccer punching him in the face. Everything... A sucker punch is a sucker punch is a sucker punch. It does not matter the events that led up to it.
0: He also said something about look up the definition of a sucker punch. I wish I can't find the full thing, the full quote, but he said something about look up the definition of a sucker punch.
1: So what, okay. What is your definition of a sucker punch?
0: Oh, am I going to get flamed for saying this? Let's I don't do it. Let's it was, get into it. I don't think it was a sucker punch. Re- Ryan's not here. I'm ready for Excellent. all the fire. Excellent. This is perfect. Um, was it the wrong... Uh, the, the result of what he was trying to do was bad. He dropped him pretty good. But I wouldn't say what the punch... We'll call it a punch. What he The punch he threw was a sucker punch. Because it was... It's a... Just, it's just sus- Ugh, marbles in my mouth. Susceptible. Uh, it was a suspecting player. Suspecting, okay. Yep. Um. So, I don't necessarily agree that it was a sucker punch. So,
1: I have basically two... Th- in regards to this one, two reasons that this makes me a sucker punch. There's no warning. He just skates straight... Well what stri- was... Okay, he I'll just, let you finish it. You he go just, ahead. He's skating straight up, and there's no shove, there's no tap, there's no verbal. It's just... As soon as he reaches, uh, gets in within reach of Sherwood, the fist is coming. And the fact that Sherwood's hands were down by his side, clearly not bracing for anything. So, I, I mean, no matter how dumb or brave or whatever you are, if you think someone's about to punch you, you at least get somewhat of a defensive position. Sherwood was not there. So the fact he wasn't bracing for it at all and Lucic didn't give him any chance to defend himself once he got within striking distance, uh, that's a sucker punch. That's a sucker punch.
0: Perhaps. But I think the moment for him to realize that he was in trouble was after he slashed David Riddick.
1: No, I I agree with you, but
0: again. Who does that and then doesn't defend themselves? You know something's going to happen.
1: But what normally happens in those situations is a guy like Lucic will come in and he'll either cross-check or shove him or grab him or, or do something to, let's say, initiate the fight right basically i'm here crap's about to go down you can do what you need to do but i'm about to do what i need to do right and if the guy just wants to turtle he can turtle if he just wants to be a hero and take the punch i mean he did (laughs) (laughs) that that's your prerogative but at least you know it's about to come if the guy grabs you none of that happened and uh, so I'm 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 good with the, the two-game suspension because it wasn't the most vicious punch I've ever seen, hence why...
0: It was an effective one, for sure. Yeah,
1: if he actually cocked back and really stepped into that one, we're looking at something north of five games here. Oh,
0: yeah. It was like a quick jab right to the chin.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I, I agree with the decision, I think. And I think Lucic is an idiot for coming out and trying to change the narrative. What, you're telling me I can't defend my goal. Nobody's saying that, dummy. You can defend your goalie, you just have to be more calculating about it.
0: Yeah, so what I can find from his quote was, and okay, the quote starts here. I mean, it was pretty clear, Sherwood Spears slashes the goalie, and I was standing up for him, uh, yep. un- unquote. Lucha said to a reporter, um, quote, I'm more than willing to do that. I thought the referees got it right on the ice the first time, end quote. Um... He also said they even got a slashing penalty on the play, Lucic said. I think even Riddick said it was the second time he got slashed in three games and you have to step up for your teammates, and I'm more than willing to do that. The suspension won't change that moving forward. Um, That's all I can find on the quote.
1: Uh, And now can you pull up the dictionary and just look up the term (laughs) victim blaming?
0: Um, Oh, I might be able to find the full thing. Um, Give me a second um,
1: Evan's going full PI mode right now I'm, I've He's determined You have
0: to get in there and protect your players And protect your goalie I know on the explanation of the videos He kind of showed a number of things They were all reactions to a dirty play to begin with It's a schoolyard out there You have to defend yourself or defend your teammates Or else you kind of get walked all over Like I said, you have to continue doing that moving forward I'm more than happy to defend Ritter on the play, more than happy to defend Sarnik in the first game of the year. I don't really remember that, but I kind of remember that. Um, then he was asked if he'd go a little lighter in the same scenario moving forward. He said, I guess that might be the only play moving forward is going a little lighter. I know from my standpoint, you have to go hard in a scrum like that because you expect guys to take care of themselves. That is a very good point you have to take care of yourself
1: you have to be ready for well, not- it you don't walk in there with your arms down at your side but damn it when you cross check a guy in the chest you know shit's about to go down yeah. I'm, I'm calling straight 100% BS on that if you're all jacked up in there ready to dummy every guy wearing blue fine you need okay this is what it all my whole point comes down to you need a warning shot hey I'm here it's go time if you if you really want to oversimplify it, there's got to be a warning shot in there. And if Sherwood comes back at him, of course he's going to be ready for it. He's the one initiating it.
0: So he, he continued saying, um, when he watched a boxing match...
1: <laughs> oh, God damn it.
0: <laughs> and I'm not saying hockey is boxing. One of the things a referee says is you protect yourselves at all times. And I think that's the same thing when you're on the ice. You can't have people protecting you. You have to protect yourself at all times. I think Sherwood said in the media afterwards he expects a reaction like that when he slashes the goalie. Uh, And that's all I got. He's not wrong for saying people need to defend themselves at all times. I just think the whole situation,
1: uh, I don't even know anymore. I just think it's ridiculous. I think that whole quote gave me an aneurysm. Okay, <laughs> moving on, Evan. I'm going to play a fun game with you. Now that we've got Evan talking for an episode, we're going to take some uh, predictions from him. Okay. We're going to go uh, sustainable and unsustainable. I'm going to pick three teams in the top ten of the NHL. You're going to tell okay. me. You're going to tell me if they, if them being high in the standings is sustainable, or if you expect them to drop. And I'm going to pick three teams in the bottom ten. And you're going to tell me if it's sustainable that they stay down there. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go to top 10, and we're going to start with fifth overall in the NHL right now. Ten wins, four losses, two overtime losses. The Edmonton Oilers. Sustainable or unsustainable?
0: It feels wrong to bet against Leon Draisaitl this year and Connor McDavid. And I don't think I've ever said Leon Draisaitl before Connor McDavid, but he is on an absolute heater right now.
1: He's, what, second in league scoring right
0: now? I think he – there was some stat I saw that he's – his goals – his goal pace right now is greater than Gretzky was at this many games played Jesus, at one point. I don't know. I but, butchered that statistic completely. Um it The hardest thing to say about Teams that have one line Is is it, is it sustainable The only team I can confidently say Yes is Boston <laughs> Because every year we say that they have no depth And look at their top line again this year They are insanely good And they are carrying that team Mind you Boston has a lot more going for them Than Edmonton um, I will say no It is not sustainable
1: for the Edmonton Oilers Playoffs yes or no
0: um, Let me just look up who else, how else their division is. Um, they
1: are currently leading their division. Vancouver's one point behind. Arizona's two points behind. Vegas is two points behind. Calgary's two points
0: behind. At some point, okay, the teams that are underperforming,
1: the we're, Sharks we're, we're gonna Calgary. Get to Calgary. We're going
0: to get to them. I think Maybe. Edmonton, you know what, we're 16 games in. That's... That's fifth damn of near. the season, right? Yeah. So
1: I would say yes at this point. They make the playoffs. dun dum. Coming in at number six in the entire NHL. Nine wins, three losses, three overtime losses, 21 points. Staying in the same division, the Vancouver Canucks.
0: And they're completely different because they don't really lo- rely on one line. They just got a whole bunch of guys who contribute. <sighs>
1: and all those guys are under the age of 23. And
0: everybody is getting their first... Pimple,
1: um, <laughs> Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, Jakob Markstrom looks like a goalie now. Man, they're they're being carried by the youngins. Is that does that hold up? It, and and, and their captain Bo is not that old. I
0: know it's. It, you know what? They've got a mix of guys who can play an eighty-two game season, and they've got a mix of guys who haven't yet. So, it really comes down to if you believe that they can grind make it through the grind of a nhl an nhl season judging by the way their division looks right now and how awful the teams or who are supposed to be the the leaders of those divisions are i'll say it's sustainable
1: playoffs yes or no um same division as edmonton
0: i will say no but they will be close for a
1: wild card All right, so Edmonton and Vancouver out. Final team that I'm going to pick. I really wanted to pick Arizona, but I figured we'd go too long, so I'm going to go on a more, let's call it a divisive team. Nine wins, four losses, two overtime losses, 20 points. The Buffalo Sabres.
0: At some point, this division has to catch up to them. Is Ralph Kruger a god-tier coach? Maybe. Might be. He might be, but... um, They're second
1: in the division right now.
0: Without knowing the uh, what the underlying metrics are for that team, you know, Jack Eichel's so good again. And I just, uh, this team is very hard to put a finger on. Um, I will say this is sustainable. I say they make the playoffs.
1: Really? I thought out of the three teams I picked, I thought you would have... I really like them so far this year. All right. Interesting. You must be a big fan of Jack Eichel. I am. All right. Team is currently in the bottom 10 of the NHL. I'm going to pick three here, and you're going to tell me whether they're going to improve or not. I'm going to give you a layup here, You may as
0: well just – okay. I'm
1: giving you a layup because I just want to call attention to the fact that they are in 22nd place 13 games into their season. The Tampa Bay Lightning –
0: they are getting some of their games. They are getting rolled by. They other have teams. a
1: negative three goal differential.
0: Yeah, and what were they last year? Like a plus a hundred and something. I feel like it was a plus three seventy
1: two. It's
0: is this is their crappiness sustainable? They didn't have many subtractions from their lineup, so I would say this is not sustainable. They everyone's waiting for that spark, similar to San Jose. Everybody's waiting for both of those teams to finally figure out what the hell's going on. They're waiting a damn long time to make it happen.
1: Two questions with Tampa then. Playoffs, yes or no? Yes. Division champs, yes or no? No. You don't think they catch Boston?
0: I don't think so. Boston is looking way too good. Outside of a couple big injuries outside of Boston, I don't think there's a chance. Tampa speaking, can catch
1: up. Speaking of Boston um, absolutely torching the league uh, and David Pasternak leading the league in scoring, I would like to thank everybody in the Wingwheel Wheel Podcast Fantasy Hockey League for letting me grab him 12th all right four wins five losses four overtime losses 12 points the new jersey devils currently riding a two-game winning streak
0: oh once again are they getting it together (laughs) i don't know according to pk suban's youtube account they are
1: Um, wait he's got a youtube account yeah of course he does why do i even he
0: started it while they're on that awful start to the season and everyone was kind of like "Eh, maybe that's not a great time to be starting that um they should be a lot better than they are. Once again, a very hard team to put your finger on. They've, they, by all accounts, they made a almost every right move they could have made in the off season to make their team a lot better. But their fans are booing them. They're booing Taylor Hall, who then doubles down on the fans booing them. Yeah, that's, so he he gone. He gone. How, yeah. How
1: how to not re-sign a superstar one hundred and one? He gone for sure. Um, Come to Detroit.
0: Yes, please. God, please. <laughs> um, I think they're gonna just medal this season. Somewhere around the 500 mark, and outside looking in, I could see them finishing anywhere from 17th. I maybe they could squeak in if they figure it out, but I, I feel like this is kind of what we're looking at with this team right now. I think they'll finish outside the playoffs, maybe just a little bit out, or you know,
1: bottom 10. All right, and now the most uh, divisive team in the league. The Detroit, just kidding. Yeah. 5, 10, and 1, 11 points The San Jose Sharks. What in the ever-living hell is going on there?
0: Good thing I drafted Martin Jones. Oh, RIP. Yeah, I was like, oh, pff. San Jose, unreal. I'll take their goalie. No one's picked them yet. Yeah, that, uh... you know what? I pray to get under three goals against average in my fantasy in the fantasy league. I haven't hit that yet.
1: How's the rest of your team doing? Do you win in every week?
0: Nope. I'm... I've got a huge rant about this about our fantasy league, but I will save that. Um, okay,
1: I'm undefeated at this point. I'm just going to throw that out there. Just, um just a quick little brag.
0: Yeah. Um San Jose. They how are they this bad?
1: Brent Burns and Eric Carlson are playing a ton of minutes and they're still bad. Brent yeah. Burns is almost 35, eh?
0: I mean, how can you really nail down how old Brent Burns is? <laughs>
1: As soon as he got that beard, he he hid his age from existence. He's in one of the fantasy realms. He's actually 172 years he old. He could be. He could be. He's, um, he's literally Thor.
0: There's really no excuse for the position this team is in, especially with the talent and the veteran leadership they have uh, in that locker room. I say this is on. Un- they're the another They're my Tampa Bay uh, on the Western, other than maybe Calgary. Um, Teams that I'm just waiting for that spark to happen, and I think they'll make the playoffs. But once again, they're they're they benefit from being in a we'll say a weaker division. Um, but they're sure waiting a long time to you know become a team and start winning
1: games. Can we say weak division anymore? Calgary, uh, sorry, no, Calgary's not far off the top ten. They're currently sitting 11th in the league. And then Vegas, Arizona, Vancouver, and Edmonton all sit in the top 10. By NHL standings metrics right now, it's the strongest division in the NHL.
0: Which is bizarre. And I don't watch another uh, the other teams cl- as closely enough to make an assumption on that. So, I don't know. That's a very strange division. Um, Calgary, I expect a l- still expect more from. Uh, San Jose, I expect more from. And LA will just hang around the bottom. Yeah, poor LA. But yeah, I would think for San Jose to not make the playoffs with the roster they have, that's a complete failure.
1: All right, how we doing? Oh Christ, we're we're talkative today. Look at us go. Look at us go. So we should probably get in overtime, man. Eh? Sure, do you have right. it open. I have it open, buddy. Look at me prepared. Excellent. The Winged Wheel Podcast Overtime, sponsored by Motor City Garages. Family owned owned and operated servicing Metro Detroit provides garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, and car lifts. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages. Park X. Park in style, just like the Red Wings season. Park your expectations for the Red Wings. In style. Motor City Garages. Overtime also brought to you by our patrons who get their questions read out exclusively on our midweek episodes. So let's dive into it. All right. I'm just going from the top down. I'm not overthinking this. I don't know if Ryan does or not. Whatever. We're going to start with Austin Trotman. Got my question in too late last time, so here I am nice and early. <laughs> what do you think worst case scenario is for the team this year? I'm thinking we will see another end of season like last and draft in the five to eight range. I will I will jump off a bridge if we draft five to eight. If we are drafting anywhere outside of the top four, don't get me wrong, five to twelve in this draft is really good. If we're drafting outside of the top five, I'm angry.
0: We deserve I hate to say this, but we deserve to draft in the top five
1: right now. Oh, okay. Because drafting outside of the top five means the Red Wings finished above second last. And I just, I can't fathom. Who
0: could... You know what? That was... Today when I was driving home from work, I was... I just asked myself this very simple question. Who is worse than the Detroit Red Wings?
1: You can make a case for Ottawa and LA and that's it.
0: Yeah. That's essentially it. it. And I would... I would like to have a Drew Doughty on my team.
1: So if they both finished worse than us, we finished third, which means we could drop two. Are you ready for it? Sixth. Uh,
0: Yes, and I hate that
1: so much. And you know it's going to be a late season winning streak. So if you want to know what the worst case scenario, it's the season, rest of the season playing out exactly as it is right now and a late March winning streak, bumping us up two, three spots in the standings.
0: Yeah, that would be, I was thinking, you know, right now is the worst case scenario, but that is...
1: The worst-case scenario. The Red Wings absolutely need a game-breaker. They don't need another sider. They don't need a Zadina. They don't need a Valeno, who are all going to be very good NHL players. They need Byfield, Lafreniere, or Raymond. If we really want to break down, those, to me, are the three game-breakers in this draft, and they desperately need one of them because... Those three guys get drafted to the writings. I can comfortably say in five years they're the best player on the team. Oh yeah, Holtz maybe, but those three I think it would happen, and they need one of them oh, badly. Yeah. All right, Matt Cheney. Hey, Dub Dubs, just gotta say your attempts at pronouncing my last name really brought back fond memories of substitute teacher days. Oh. oh. I apologize I for nothing. I
0: didn't have to struggle with those, thank God.
1: I've had Christ go forever, so I can't complain. No, or I can really relate. messed mine up, thankfully. Yeah, yours is literally just fun. Can, you, yeah, can you read? <laughs> now that I've heard both Ryan and Brad attempt it, I want to hear Evan try it, and then I'll reveal its elusive pronunciation on the next episode. How funny is it that Ottawa might end up with picks one and two this year? Oh, my God, we forgot to mention that. San Jose doesn't even have their own draft pick. Ottawa has it.
0: Ha ha,
1: ha, ha. Uh, And if the Sharks keep sucking as hard as they do It would sure make up for sending that first it's like round the, pick to Colorado in the Duchesne trade It's like
0: the Scooby-Doo meme where uh, they take the mask off And then it, it's it's the, they're like, oh my god, it's so-and-so Well, the mask is San Jose and they take it off And they're like, oh my god, it's the Ottawa Senators
1: Alright, so his last name is spelled C-H-A-N-Y-I Sorry, say that again C H yeah A N A N
0: Y I, Chan
1: Chan Y Chan okay. There's Evan's attempt, so you can reveal the next one. It's probably some. There's probably a silent letter in there somewhere. Yep. All right, Evan Beckner. Are the wings experiencing a lack of locker room leadership? The lineup is similar enough to last season that there shouldn't be as much of a drop off as is happening this season. The team is appearing mentally fragile. Are the exterior expectations of fans and critics finally catching up to the locker room? Would this have happened if Croner, Big E, and Glenn e, he's still hurt, right? We're still in the locker room. It seems like the vets have given up and it's starting to affect the talent. Thanks for the great pod, guys. Who needs Ryan anyways? Agreed. I'm doing way too much work. I need him back. I'm exhausted. So, um, I think they're with how... With the lack of compete lately, I could hear the argument for it. The Red Wings were a younger team last year by and large, but Erickson and Cronwall were there. I don't know if this is just a Cronwall thing and he makes truly that big of a difference because they're still, if you're looking for old guys, the Red Wings are still one of the oldest teams in the league. Philpla, Nielsen, Helm, Abdelkader, Daly, Green. They're yep. not, they are not lacking in veterans. So,
0: the problem is our veterans are I, I hate to use this term But they're a bunch of has-beens Oh, oh that cuts deep I, I hate to say it And I don't like dumping on people That harshly But they they are Do we have anybody who's 30 to 35 Who's still like considered An elite talent in the NHL And can lead a locker room No
1: If, if we're saying passable You could make the case for DeKaiser
0: Oh, that's not a guy I would f- put in my top five of leadership
1: on this team. He, he's, I, he strikes me as the quiet type. Yes. Oh, but yeah, you might actually be onto to something there. All right, Joseph D'Elia. What's up, Dub? We suck, and it's going to be a long year. Glad to see the fan base shares our optimism, Evan. We're not alone. Uh, he follows, I know Brad has a few other favorite teams, but do you guys have another team to cheer for in the playoffs or during the season? I was laid off in 2016 and was able to watch all the playoffs. And after the Wings run, I was rooting for the Sharks. Anyway, thanks for making the season bearable, my dudes. I apologize to everybody for how unbearable this episode was, but it was just... Yes. I tried to not yell.
0: It's going to be... We're going to have to reinvent ourselves because how can we just keep dumping on a team who wants to listen to that? I don't even want to talk about it.
1: That's why after our first... 30 minutes of the episode, I tried breaking up some positives. I specifically put the prospect talk in here. Yeah. In this episode, I wasn't planning on starting the prospect stuff until December.
0: We're going to be having to do it every episode. We
1: might. We honestly might. We did say we were going to start the prospect profiles earlier. Um, Yeah, I've got a soft spot for like a bunch of teams that I kind of loosely follow. As I've mentioned before, I love Vegas, love that city. Yeah. I'm always going to be there. Uh, Most of the Canadian teams I kind of follow, except the Leafs. And the Canadians.
0: Oh, that was I, was I was about to say, I'll do Canadian teams minus Toronto and Montreal.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And then there's a handful of teams scattered around the States, but nobody that I really... Eh, bring back the Whalers, and I'll cheer for them. Yep. All right. Oh, God. Can you guys have simple names? I love you all, but... Yakko, Ruda. Just going with that. I'm going to pretend okay. that I is not there. Has Brad slept yet? Barely. Which Red Wing do you see going to the All Star Game? You'd think <laughs> you'd think it would be Larkin or Mantha, but how do you fit them on the Atlantic team? Well, we don't have a defenseman going, and our goalies have been well below average. I'd be this okay
0: year. with sending Tyler Bertuzzi.
1: It, well, I think he's saying the Red the Atlantic's so stacked with forwards. The Red, oh, that's right, why right. That's why Howard and Green kept. It could be the ironic. Heronik, if they need a defenseman or a goalie out of Detroit, Heronik would make a lot of sense. He'd be a dark horse all-star candidate. Uh, I don't see a reality in which you're not picking one of Bertuzzi, Larkin, or Mantha, though. I just I don't see that reality. If
0: Minus it, an, inju- an injury that yeah. will remove
1: someone. If it's me right now and I can pick anybody off the Red Wings roster to go to the all-star game, I'm sending Mantha.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: All right, Matt McKay. G'day, guys with the absolute implosion of a game on Monday night, what do you think the team needs to do to get back on track and be more competitive? Also, I like that AA scored and it got me thinking if they were to trade him, would it be smart to trade him for an impact player or another first round pick given the draft is so deep this year? Thanks for all you do and hope you guys are able to get caught up on your sleep. Well, that's not a problem for Evan.
0: Uh, no, it's actually been pleasant waking up in daylight these days because mm. of daylight savings. Bite me.
1: Um, what do the Red Wings do to get back on track and be more competitive? Anything. Yeah, honestly, every as we mentioned she this pass score. <laughs> this is rock bottom. Literally anything they try different can only go
0: up. I'm willing to try anything.
1: Um back on the AA, so even Prashanth was talking about it on Twitter. Would you trade AA for a first round pick? And it was just a yes no answer. And I leaned a yes with a but. I don't think I I trade him for a first-round pick, unless I think there's a very strong chance the team trading for him is going to finish below 20. Uh, he's young yeah. en- he's young enough that you can still factor him into your future plans when the Red Wings plan on being contenders. You look at, just statistically speaking, the number of players that pan out to be impact players pick between 20 and 31, and it's a far lower number than you would think. I would gamble, given how off the rails this is and the team needing to go younger, I would gamble... On a top 15 to 20 pick. And even at that. If it's a pick around 20. I'm probably asking. We we'll even for look swingers. at the
0: draft this year. There's a lot of guys who were hanging around in the 15 to 30 range. That we didn't expect to be there. So that is the gamble you're talking about. I
1: believe. Yeah it, it happens. But it's not a gamble I'd be willing to make. I want top 20 he scored
0: 30 goals in the nhl it's got to be somebody early in the first
1: and he's 24 25 years old do you know how many 30 goal scorers you get between 20 and 30 again spoiler not many um so next up we've got harun khan hey guys just wanted to remind everybody that helm Daly, ablocator and nielsen are a combined 15 million dollars and have scored four goals anyways thank god AA scored let's go red wings uh, and the funny part of his statement is out of all those goals that Hem, Daily, and Nielsen have scored, all of them have come from Darren Helm. Oh, my God. All of them.
0: Yeah. Well, remember the last, last episode we went through all the goose
1: eggs? It was a lot. So many. Uh, Tony Hatcher says, I've never been more up to date or informed about my team thanks to two episodes a week by both the Dub Dub and the Wings for Breakfast. Shout out to Max and Prashanth. However, with the Wings only managing to win four out of 16 games, being second from the bottom in goals for and dead last on the table in both goals against and goal differential, I'm not sure how good this is for my mental health. Maybe I need to get one of those SAD lamps for a little boost, or better yet, find some streams for Griffin games. I don't mind losing so much during a rebuild, but losing by four goals or more so consistently makes it hard to pick out the positive things that are happening. I understand that lack of talent is the biggest thing working against us, but I don't think Blashill is doing us any favors either and hasn't been for years. I wasn't on the fire Blashill train until recently with the Cholosky situation last week pushing me over the edge. Dump this guy and give someone a free hit with the rest of the season. What's the worst that could happen? Also, congrats on Brad and Crystal. Thank you, and we kind of already talked about it, and yeah, I don't entirely disagree with anything you're saying there. I'm not yeah. as adamant on firing Blashill but man if what not, does it even matter if it doesn't happen now it's not gonna happen this season because I there's He's nowhere to got go a
0: horseshoes so far up his ass if he doesn't get fired like that would be almost that would be unprecedented my English is horrible today i much <laughs> speaking
1: <laughs> yeah you're not used to taking up half an episode yeah
0: it's it's way outside my bounds
1: and you didn't even notice what i did with the sustainable unsustainable thing there i barely talked that was just to let you go i, I took a nap in the meantime lucky all right philip gastineau brad reading overtime questions sounds like a dad reading a bedtime story yeah fair enough because the only things i read these days are literally books to me <laughs> going to bed. yep I started watching Letterkenny and I missed the flight because I binged too hard. The girlfriend keeps yelling at me when I start talking like Riley and Jonesy. I would pay lots of money for those guys to do a play-by-play in a game. I would too. Now on to hockey. I think what we are seeing now is the result of Cronwall leaving. It is the only thing that makes sense as the rest of the roster is arguably better than last year. Eh. I hope we make a move for pool party. I think Perlini would be really good on the Oilers to be honest. What would need? What would we need to give for him that isn't AA or draft picks? Brad, can you give an in-depth analysis of Blashill systems for a system mobile that just isn't staying? That isn't just saying they are bad. Um, well, I talked a bit about his systems today. Uh, maybe in a future episode, I'll kind of break it down a bit more. Then I can break down all three zones and special teams because the problem is there's. Scenario-dependent systems, so it's, that that would be like a half-hour conversation in and of itself. What's your defensive zone system off a defensive zone win, off a defensive zone loss, off a dump-in, off a carry-in? It's, NHL coaches plan, well, at least good NHL coaches plan for all those scenarios, and it varies by scenario, so uh, I can break it down to a simple breakout, special teams, defensive positioning, neutral zone positioning, offensive positioning, but that's still a long conversation. Uh, and then his other question was, what do you give up for Pugliarvi that isn't Athens CU or draft picks?
0: I have no idea what the value is on V
1: anymore. Uh, Scott Wheeler actually did a good breakdown on uh, how he's doing in the Finnish league this year. And Probably good. Very good. I still am not sold on him at the NHL level. They're still going to treat him as a fourth overall draft pick, which yep. he was. Uh, if we're not talking draft picks or Athens CU, If I'm being honest, I don't think the Red Wings have anything worth Pulleyarvi. No, I don't even know if the Oilers would accept Cholosky straight up. I mean, they'd be crazy not to, but I I think they would actually very much look at that. So all the Red Wings can give up is prospects, AA, or draft picks.
0: And I just don't think that's. I don't think there's a suitable combination to make it worth the uh, the Red Wings' time. Exactly, I
1: with where Pouliot's in his career right, now, Pool Party is at in his career right now. Even though I think he could still be a good NHL player, all the prospects we have that Edmonton would be willing to gamble on, we should be willing to gamble on and just let yeah. them come up. Yep, that's that's the honest but boring answer. All right, Sean Chivarella. I hate all your guys' names. I love you guys so much, but God, can one of you be Joe Smith, please? I now get Ryan's frustration. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, guys. So I so I like to look at the wing stats to try and find some optimism in the season, and it does give me hope. Lark and Mantha Burt all have strong, positive Corsi, with our top B being heronic and Chlowski. So I think that's positive. You're not wrong. It is very much positive. He continues... As a team, we're also 19th in the league in Team Corsi, so it's not like we're being completely dominated on the ice. Our team does have a low PDO, mostly coming from a bad save percentage. The Wings have the third worst save percentage in the league. I'm not saying our goalies are to blame for us losing, but they haven't been playing their greatest hockey either. On another note, why does no one talk about Larkin's ability to win faceoffs? being 7th in the league in wins? Okay, I'm going to break... There's a lot to break down here, so... Let's start from the bottom up. Larkin's faceoffs. The reason we don't talk about it is because face-offs are largely irrelevant in the NHL these days. Yeah. Almost every stat backs that up. In key situations, it's a good thing to have if you have like a defensive zone draw in a one-goal game with 30 seconds left, you need him on the ice, and the fact that he's got a high percentage is great for that. But even the best players in the league are under 60% percent faceoff, so it's still relatively a coin flip. Yep. And the impact of faceoffs on plays over the course of a game is, again, largely irrelevant. Uh, now, getting into the save percentage, PDO, and Corsi. Okay, there's a lot of things. These are, I, I'm a huge believer in analytics. I use them to form opinions and back up what the eye test tells me. And I find them absolutely fascinating. But a lot of them are flawed. PDO and save percentage. This could be an interesting study is have Howard and Bernier been bad or have they been bad because they've been given high quality scoring chances against? Yeah. So that's where the expected goals for and against stats come in. And again, there's a lot of variables that go into it. So it's not a perfect science. I tend to split the difference between where you're at and where the Red Wings are actually at. I don't think, again, they've been getting caved lately. And as bad as I think this team is, I don't think they're that bad. Yeah. I don't, I think Bernier... Howard are better than their stats have shown. I think the PDO uh, has a bit to do with shot quality for versus against because the Red Wings do tend to have a ton of uh, what we'll call outside chances. They don't get a lot from the slot. So it's always worth keeping those factors in mind. And there's many other factors that I didn't mention in. So I think you're on the right track. I tend to fall somewhere in the middle.
0: I don't even know what we're talking about.
1: Are the Red Wings actually this bad because some of their underlying numbers indicate they're better?
0: Mm, we are bad. I don't know how we could be this bad
1: sustainably. This is one of those stretches where PDO goes against you, save percentage goes against you, everything goes against you. Yep, Everything goes yep. against you. All right, Garrett TV. Hockey Amigos, how would you feel if we were in the same spot as the New York Rangers right now? That is, they're about a year ahead of us in the rebuild, have built a very solid farm, but also have spent a ton in free agency are going to have some very tough decisions to make in two to three years regarding RFAs. Seeing them play with a huge variance in youth and experience, despite being a pretty young team overall, is interesting, but I can't help but think maybe they've maybe pushed the rebuild a little too quickly. It just seems like something Eisman has specifically indicated that he wants to avoid, and I generally agree. But he wanted to see where your heads are at, As a follow-up, at what point in the process, air quotations, do we look to bring in FAs? In the Iser plan, we trust. Let's go Red Wings. I mean, I'd rather be in the New York Rangers situation than what we're in. I tend to agree. I also tend to like their young prospects better than ours. They
0: have a Panarin and a Kako, and they still
1: have Henrik Lundqvist. We don't have any of those things. No uh do i want to the other part of your question do i want the red wings to go sign big for agents next summer i mean maybe it all depends on who in the cost there's, yeah there's
0: every n- year you gotta once again look where pull out the measuring sticks see where the red wings are at and comparative to the league who's available and what kind of money are we even talking about with what
1: rfas or ufas are available Uh, Am I going to go throw a seven-year contract worth $10 million a year at a guy who's 30 years old next summer if I'm the Red Wings? No. Would I go out and throw $11 million a year over seven years at Taylor Hall? Yeah, I'd probably actually consider that, Um, despite despite where the Red Wings are at in the rebuild. It's all player and age and contract dependent.
0: Okay, so... Here are our UFAs. Um
1: We'll just assume they're gonna to get top dollar and then just say quickly yes or no.
0: Um Miko UFA
1: UFA's not RFAs.
0: It has him listed as a UFA.
1: He ain't a UFA.
0: Nicholas Backstrom? No. Alex Petrangelo?
1: No. Braden Holtby? No. Corey Crawford? No.
0: Taylor Hall? Yes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Yes. Yeah. I would actually yeah. I would actually
1: take a run ahead.
0: Uh Should I just skip Ryan Callahan? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Michael Granlin?
1: No. Tyson Berry? I think he's going to get horribly overpaid, but I'd consider it. Uh, Justin Schultz? I'd consider it. Mike Green? No. Um, Nathan Horton? (laughs) (laughs) Do we get cap relief somehow out of it?
0: This is funny. Next one is Tori Krug i'd consider it the next one's david clarkson so we have a little bit of uh Woo. uh sandwich there uh mike hoffman i yeah that'd be i think he's young enough uh, he i have a feeling he's
1: older than i think he is
0: i think he's a uh he's my age i think
1: he's 29 is he okay yeah. if he comes in on a short-term deal i would do it uh okay. zach bogosian nope robin Leonard. Maybe, because I don't love the Redding's goalie situation right now. I'll
0: try and uh, cherry-pick some of these. Uh, Just go Sammy ch- Votnin.
1: I'd consider it. Alex Galienchuk. I would strongly
0: consider it. Carl Soderberg. No. All right, we'll uh, move on. That's, yeah, that's There's where, a where whole where bunch of really interesting, like a Tyler Toffoli maybe, depending uh, on the dollar. Um, There's a lot of interest. Jacob Muzzin.
1: This guy, I feel like we could have like a, a half an episode about this.
0: Travis Hamanick there's nah. a lot it's, this RF, UFA class is kind of interesting so maybe
1: maybe Stevie should dabble into it cost yeah. a, when there's the good thing hey is Patrick when, Eves the good news is when there's that many guys are going to slip through the cl- cracks and come in at bargains and that's who we should be looking at like how Carolina just scooped up Jake Gardner on a bargain that's what Iserman needs to be looking for next year. hey summer. we can
0: bring in Joe Thornton and Corey
1: Perry boom we c- if this were 2011 we'd be unstoppable and Zidane Chara. oh buddy Wow. 2011 Stanley Cup champion. Look at that. We'd be unstoppable. It seems
0: like there's a lot of good candidate UFAs available. It just depends what kind of crazy money is getting thrown around. And the Red Wings aren't hurting for cap
1: space, so that also helps. All right. Joseph Fournier. Hey there, dudes. Got my comments in too late each of the last two episodes. Poo-poo. Much overdue. All hail King Hank Crisco. Thank you. We give you a merciless amount of ribbing each week, but seriously, Brad, congrats. Living the dream. Hashtag KingHenry2038. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love you. Uh, now let's segue back to you for a moment. No game this week, but after watching that Nils Hoaglander goal, do you change your answers? He's picked his game up. For the record, none of you said you'd trade you Aston- straight up for him. I still wouldn't.
0: No. I I find a... I find it very hard to part ways with Athenasiou unless it's a king's
1: ransom. It's He's a potential 30-goal scorer who's still got, at worst, four to five good years left in him. Yeah. So it it would take an absolute ton for me to get rid of him. And admittedly, my cost, my price thing on Athenasiou is higher than what the actual market value will yield, oh, which, yeah. which is why I've been on team Don't Trade Him. Mine's,
0: okay, I don't know what yours is, but mine's essentially a first-round plus.
1: I would have to. Ha-
0: Depending on where that first round pick is. Like I but said, I'm, I'm looking at one of a, a very solid prospect as well.
1: I would take a top 20 pick for him in this draft straight up because I'm willing to roll the dice on a guy who could become as good as athanasiu but i take the gamble is worth rolling the clock back seven years because that's the age gap between athanasiu and these drafts
0: the only potential one i can think of off the top of my head because i think i come up with one every single episode the leafs offer their first round pick this year plus timothy Lilligren.
1: yeah something like that where if it's like a lower pick a first or second round pick but the sweetener is pretty good yeah you of course consider it would you do that? Lilligren and like, well, the Leafs don't have their first, but well, yeah, let's say they hypothetically did. they did. That's a gamble I'd take because that's two pieces that could fill out the roster. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, he says, Why can't AA close the deal this year? Is he gripping the stick too hard? Was last year a fluke? Have teams caught up with scouting him? Does he require Larkin on his line to score? Should he be traded as soon as the goals come? He lacks the ability to follow through and finish. It's like he's been watching uh, himself botch his own scoring chances.
0: Well, game planning against the Red
1: Wings is very easy, and you only have to worry about four players. He's getting tough matchups, and he's gripping the stick too hard. Because he's getting... You even kind of mentioned it there. He's getting the chances.
0: Is his shooting percentage quite low? Well, it must be. He he's goal. got
1: one goal. His career shooting percentage is 12. He can finish. This is an aberration. Uh, this Now, the... I don't think I've mentioned on the podcast, but I've been thinking about this. This season for Athens to you, it's only a month in and time will change. Actually, is very reminiscent of what happened to Jordan Eberly in his last season with Edmonton, where his numbers plummeted. But when you actually looked at his shooting percentage, it was like less than half of his yeah. career average. They unloaded him for nothing and he went right back to a 20 plus goal score with the Islanders. When his shoot, all that happened was his shooting percentage came back up to career Just a average. a
0: guaranteed 50, 60 point guy. So-
1: when you go look through history, so many of the worst deals in hockey have happened because of bad shooting percentages. Yeah, knee-jerk reactions. So that absolutely has to be factored in with Athens to see you right now. Uh, and he continues, also, that was a sick Michigan lacrosse goal Andre Svechnikov scored. If players start doing that more, do you see the rules changing to prohibit those types of goals? I might start wa- stop watching hockey if they change the More rules. More creativity, please. I'm okay if the guy literally a- clotheslines a goalie to put one of those in.
0: NHL street.
1: And then uh, can't talk highly enough about Ricard Gronberg. If he can at least get the team competitive, then I'm all for firing Blashel and bringing him in. Does anyone know what his current coaching contract looks like? I do not. No. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Now on Twitter and then last but certainly not least we have Rowan good day dud duds mercifully this is the last episode without crying Ryan also it was pretty rude to not name your young bloke after him Ryan Evan Crisco has a nice ring to it I agree <laughs> did you know that with today's game the Red Wings will move into a tie for first in the league in most games played Rowan great minds think alike amazing only six more, pain, 66 more pain free games to somehow get through this season I'd like to see you guys start doing more draft stuff more early, given the last season's inability to feature my boy hashtag German Lidstrom in any capacity. The way we are tracking, the worst we will pick is four. So I'm feeling pretty good about things. And, you know, the NHL is down to rig it so we can be good again because original six. Yeah, that's why we've fallen back in every draft lottery we've been in. So as it stands today, if we had that shiny first overall, are you taking Lafreniere or is Byfield in the conversation because he's a center? Please touch on the positional need argument of taking a C. Um, tie always goes to the center, but the Red Wings have a huge hole in their top six at wing and center. So in this specific instance, I don't think it matters that well. So they are in a, air quotations beneficial. Position to just take straight up best player available in this draft, and to me, that's Lafreniere. Jersey time Dallas Stars Winter Classics jerseys go with your opinions. They're simple, I like them.
0: Yeah, I Um, like simple, makes it kind of hard to make a mistake.
1: I for the outdoor games, I like a throwback feel, and even though. I know there is a throwback theme with Dallas. the Dallas jerseys, much like the Nashville ones that not many people know outside of the area. But because it's there, I tend to like it. Yeah. I, like I'm not going to run out and buy jerseys. They're not going to make any of my all-time favorites list, but they're good.
0: Can we circle back to the coach discussion we just had? The one guy we'd, uh, we haven't brought up, Sheldon Keefe.
1: True, but I think he's under contract, so he'd have to be let out, and I don't know if Toronto would be willing to do that at this point.
0: Damn it, Mike Babcock, can you not just say a few less
1: things to the media to make them hate you? <laughs> and then Rowan finishes, as always, my abuse. I mean comment. is brought to you by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. Are you a cyberbully? bully? Use Stay Fresh Cheese Bags to mask your IP and stay anonymous. Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, a Fournier company. Hashtag SFCB. We did it, Evan. We've made it to the end of the line. My brain hurts. We've had to do a lot of talking without Ryan here. Thankfully, that's up my alley.
0: Yeah, but even then, it's been a true test.
1: And it's not been an overly heavy news week, so Ryan, uh, Ryan left at an uh, opportune time.
0: Yeah. But he can usually fill the air when those moments arise, so we
1: it's, it's lo- we, been a
0: true test.
1: When he's not here, we lose at least 15 to 20 minutes of content of just not hearing him complain about something.
0: Yeah, Ryan's like full-on,
1: never-ending, run-on sentences about something ridiculous. This is true. But we did it, we made it, and somehow managed to hit nearly an hour and a half this episode.
0: That's uh, That's impressive.
1: I legitimately thought we would struggle to hit 45 this episode. Thank you, Milan Lucic, for being an idiot and yeah, giving I think us there's content. Yeah,
0: has been, what, one game since the last time we recorded, and it Lit- was an absolute
1: blowout? It's been one. I, oh. Again, when I was watching that game, I was fully certain this episode was just going to be 60 minutes of ugly crying, so...
0: We did good. We did good.
1: We did passable, and we didn't miss any of the sponsorships, and the first episode got posted successfully. This one still has the opportunity to go completely off the rails, and everything we're, explodes. We're
0: professionals now, Brad. We we get things done on time and under budget.
1: I'm willing to bet. Like, I forgot to put an SD card in something here. Yeah, me too. And now we got to finish with our name level sponsors. My computer's working this time, so I'm actually going to be able to pick them up, uh... Much quicker this time. People probably thought See, we
0: stopped recording right now. Yeah, there. I did. <laughs> Me
1: too. <laughs> uh, and now, hey, look, it loaded already. So, wanted to thank our name-level sponsors. Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyke, Mike Reed, Beer. Matthew M. Rice, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kalen Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Simon Anderson. Thank you so much for all your support, guys. You are the reason Evan and I can suffer through these episodes without Ryan. And until next week, hopefully, please just let the game tonight be watchable.